Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Just waiting and waiting. Do you want some crackers with that wine? Excuse me? <laughs> wow. Hell of a way to start right, right. there. Just, I'm, I am curious if I just get yeah. with that much hair. Is everything just slightly muffled to you 24-7? 100%. If I put my hair up and I go outside in the winter, it's actually shocking how cold everything feels. I don't know how you guys do it all the time. Interesting. Hmm. We have no choice. Well, you, 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 you grew your hair out. It wasn't thermal in any way, shape. <laughs> I had no thermal properties. No. Describe it as curtain-like. Like an old in a good way. curtain. Oh. But, like, very, very straight. I don't sound very loud in my own ears. Are we going to get you slurping on bubbly during this podcast, are we? Because that is just an awesome like that. I'm... <laughs> There was no slurp associated with that. You threw your headset off in a little tantrum before you even heard any slurping. No, it was really bad. It there was, was no terrible. slurping. It's because I did the slurping. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> did you really? Yes. That's so I do not rude. slurp my drinks, people. Sometimes you do. No, not, not on a professional podcast like this one. Is it professional? It is. You've been on many, many times and have turned it professional. Define professional. Lewis, define professional. Uh, something you do for money. Well, um. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Yeah, we, we hope to raise revenues yeah. through the nonprofit, through this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So professional. Okay. Well defined. Lewis? Yeah. You excited to go home tomorrow? Heathrow beckoning, London beckoning, Wales beckoning. I am excited to go home because I don't like the humidity of 
Florida. How humid. Describe to someone who's like, eh, it can't be that bad. Have you ever been in a sauna? Now just put that sauna outside. That is. For every daylight hour. Every minute of you being outside feels like you're in a, a sauna. Yeah, 100%. That might be an understatement. Oh, it could be an understatement, Jack. Why? Well, how else would you describe high humidity? You agree with Lewis? It's a sauna? Yeah, it's a sauna. Last night felt like a sauna. Last night was brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Sweating like crazy last night. Steam sauna. Not a dry. Oh, it's not. Oh, yeah, steam sauna. Yes, yeah, steam the, sauna. It's the water over the stones. Yeah. Scenario. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Francesca. Yes. Welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Have you been on before? No, I have not. So thank you for having me. Oh, man. Well, we had to have you since we're going to do a roundup. We couldn't just leave you on the couch and say, you just sit over there. We're going to talk on, on some headsets. Well, I should have resented you a little bit. Lewis, I wish you did. <laughs> Jack, you're just going to bring your mic whenever you feel like you're going to talk? Yep. Okay, perfect. All right. Cheers. It's going to be an interesting one. We need you to say over every time you finish then, Jack. Please. Yes. Uh, yes, over. To his military style. Francesca, tell everyone who you are if you, since you've never been on. And... I am Francesca Ritchie, owner and founder of Teton Leather, and I am a professional artist and leather worker. Mm -hmm. And why did we bring you down here? Because I am also a hunter. So we uh, something that I utilize in the shop a lot is invasive species, leather, and exotic leathers. In general, so. Were you struggling there, Jack? No, I'm good. I'm fine. Okay, you just over, over, <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted you to come down here. We wanted you to hunt, but we also wanted you to get close to the source of the materials that you work with every single day. Yeah, so that's actually something that a lot of people bring up. They'll like just assume that everything I use, I've hunted mm. aside from you know cowhide obviously because mm. i'm not out there hunting cows um but i've got a feral cow skin that's in memphis right now you've got a feral cow skin a scrub bull skin from australia killed a scrub bull in the backwoods of australia northern territory it's taken me three and a half years but it's finally in memphis How i've also you got, never told me this i've also got a donkey skin robbie yeah two things that you know what I do. How come you? Yeah, haven't well, told me? I, well, it, it really only happened in the lot on this trip, right, boys? I was sorting out the friggin' taxidermy. Yeah, on this trip. Mm. Okay, well, we definitely have to do something with. Well, that. we need to get a tan first. So uh, both of those things need to get tanned. They're just salted right now. They're they've made it stateside. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have them in my position. We will be in contact. Okay. Perfecto. Perfecto. I'm curious, how does it feel to shoot a donkey? Because they look pretty sad anyway. Well, you're. <laughs> it was a, felt Over. like the same as everything else. Right. Over. No, it's not for you. It's not for what? It's not for you. Oh, no, no, I was correcting you. You said right and you didn't oh. put over behind that. Right. Um, no, it was just like shooting another animal. It was like uh, shooting, well, I didn't get to shoot a gator, but about the same. I mean, yeah, but uh, alligators don't really have a, a reputation for looking sad. <laughs> oh, we, oh, as in like Eeyore, donkeys look sad. You all look sad. It doesn't is matter. That... It can be a donkey that is the best fed, gets ear scratches all the time. Like there's there's constantly charity fundraisers 
for overworked donkeys in third world countries. You don't get charity fundraisers for overworked alligators. There are charities for overworked donkeys. Have you not come yeah. across No. What is that? Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. What are you talking about? Have you ever come across it? Overworked donkeys in which country? In Africa. In Africa mainly. What? Yeah. They raise money for abused, the guys. Abused donkeys. Yeah, they raise I money mean, they to don't, save donkeys. And they, don't, they, don't, they do this in the UK all the time. Yeah, they don't raise money to give them a holiday because they're overworked. I meant like... To save them. But to save them, to put them into work, retirement. Yeah, yeah, work to the point of death. Like do the, they, like, show up at night and just, like, steal them in a truck? I don't honestly know how they do it, because I can only assume that if they turned up and used everyone's hard-won donations to just buy the donkey, the guy will use that money to go out and buy another donkey. They'll buy they ten more. The logistics of it, I don't know. <laughs> that does seem he, has, he upgrades and buys a horse. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. That's probably what's happening. Hey, we'll give you, how much do you want for your donkey? Thousand dollars. Yeah. Gives him a thousand dollars. Oh, I can buy 20 donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were in Botswana, we th- we saw loads of donkeys. Oh, yeah. Because, well, why because they were you guys getting... filmed the donkey getting whipped, you know, yeah. plowing the field. Yeah, but when we were in Botswana, the guy was saying, um, Bones was saying that there were so many donkeys because of the because of f- foot and mouth. Or yeah, all the cattle got or... taken out and the government bought a bunch of donkeys. Yes, yeah. government gave them donkeys instead of cows. Yeah. So then there's just wild donkeys everywhere. There are a wild. lot of donkeys that have no respect for vehicles. It must be some very like yeah, and it kind of tracks because most of the donkeys we came across were borderline suicidal in Botswana. <laughs> so they, it just looks like they're just not having a fun time. And then you turn up and shoot one, and it's like, well, actually, you probably did. it was like finally the sweet release of death. So they were there were so many donkeys in the Northern Territory. This place they were obviously they were capturing buffalo live and sending them to Indonesia for meat. The Indonesian market is so nonsensical. The Indonesian market, or was it the Chinese? Probably the Chinese. We're considering building a donkey processor in the Northern Territory to, to get the oil out of the skin. That's all they were interested in was the donkey oil. Let me guess. Doggy skin. It gives oil. you a really good erection. <laughs> Probably. Probably. That's all they care about. That's all the Chinese care about is, is hard dicks. <laughs> Lewis is looking up where to buy it right now. Yeah. Well, I think you could draw a correlation Lewis, between... Lewis, Google, Google I, donkey oil. I reckon... Let's see what comes up. Right, okay. I reckon you could draw a correlation between an animal going extinct and Chinese erection medicine. That is something Ta- to chase. Tiger penis? Yeah. Lion penis? And then we should, do a, docu- horn. We should do a documentary about that direct correlation called The Hard Truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use the skin to make a wallet. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Yes. Okay. Gosh, this podcast has started off. Oh. As typical. As typical. Um, what were you chasing last night that was so hot and humid, Francesca? Python. And it was like... What kind of python? Burmese python. Burmese. Invasive Burmese, Burmese python. Burmese pythons? And we were like... What are you laughing at? I'm surprised they're like, well, the pacifist ones that don't you know, <laughs> They're not, they're not natives. They're not invaders. They're, they're not guys, invaders. Guys, I didn't, I didn't really want to be here. Oh, okay, fine. We'll just deport you. Yeah. We're trying to deport them <laughs> yeah. to a tannery. Sorry, carry on. I'm just interrupting. Yeah. So rude. Um, yeah, it was like torturously hot and sticky. And the islands we were on were as thick as all get out yesterday. It, like, I had a friend that does python hunting all the time here. And she told me, you need a long sleeve. And I was like, it's hot. I don't want... It sounds ridiculous. The first night we went out, 
we came back like on my forearm. I have this cut. Mm-hmm. This is the one you can. As well. Yeah, I've got a big old bruise. I've got bruises on my knees from smacking into tree branches. <laughs> I'm cut. Jack looks everywhere. like he's got a mosquito bite on his cheek. Is that a mosquito bite over here? No, that's, that's just a spot, Robbie. But thank oh, that's just a pimple? About it, yeah. oh, I have sorry. got one on my temple, though. <laughs> Something bit me on the temple. <laughs> Did you, you still that spot on the inside of your arm? That giant welt? Yeah, I've worked out that that's actually from ants. Uh, is that the fire ant? Yeah. And because or tree ants. I, I think one. he said it was a tree ant. Is it tree ants? And the ones on my legs, that would make sense. Because a fire ant comes up with like a little white puscule, pustule on no the top pus. of it. But I saw one on my hand here, and I, I slapped it. it. I watched it bite me. <laughs> then I slapped it again, and uh, and that one's come up like, and I've reacted badly to that, and that's what I think is all up my legs. They climbed up my trouser legs, and like the ants, yeah, the ants, for sure, yeah. for sure, not, not mosquitoes. mosquitoes. No, I mean, mosquitoes don't fly up your trouser leg. So we lived here <laughs> when I was a kid in uh, the Nonasasa, and in our front yard we would have all these ant mounds. Yeah, big fire ant mounds. Yeah, huge. And so I think I was I was seven or eight. And I was standing in the front yard. I didn't realize I had stepped into one and like kind of kicked over the top, which if you do that, it's over. And I stood there. I don't know what I was looking at or doing, but I was there for long enough that they covered my entire body, like up my legs, up my torso. Have I stung you yet? No. And I think I had just disturbed them enough to kind of like just start crawling. Mm. And by the time I looked down, you know, I was like a little kid. I freaked Mm. out. My mom had to come grab me and like put me in a bath, which... By that point, they were literally biting everywhere, head to toe, like freaking out. And I was just covered in like little pustules. You know, my oldest stepped in a fire ant mound and they got on one foot. And they, what they do is they'll wait until there's a lot of them and then they'll all sting at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had little pustules everywhere. Just like, and, but, and, you know, again, we talked about like Dr. Pimple Popper. Like to pop a little fire ant pustule is pretty amazing. Can we not? Yeah, Lewis does not enjoy that no. kind of stuff. Have you got any results for donkey oil yet? Yeah, apparently it's just used for making pills and bars for beauty products. Mm. And it's not the oil from the skin, it's the collagen from the skin. Oh. That they want. And apparently, well, it's up here now, I'll tell you now. It's uh, decimating the donkey population in China, and they reckon they needed 4.8 million skins were required to meet the 2016 production rate. Holy shit. Well, they reckon they were going to kill, be able to sustain 70,000 year out of this processor. Oh, there's a yearly growth. Apparently, the yearly growth for the demand for donkey skin is 20% every year. Jeepers, creepers. Yeah. That's a business we need to be in. I feel like Joe Rogan's like tech guy right now. Oh, yeah, 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 Jamie. But you're just called Lewis. On a budget. Yeah. I've decided he's named Miles. Miles? Yeah. Why? I don't know. He just looks like a Miles. Ooh. Maybe. Tell me. Tell, tell, we won't, we won't. tell everyone. Yeah, tell, tell everyone. Tell everyone. <laughs> Francesca. What's your I, nickname, Francesca? I, uh, I'm the sparkly turd, Robbie. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you messed that up. What's that? Is that not the nickname I've had? I think Jack. It's glitter turd, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had actually a few nicknames, so you're going to have to specify. This was the one from yesterday, yeah. You, he just corrected you. You got it the right. You got oh, okay. it right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, close enough. Spot yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Glitter, sparkle. Yeah, when Jack said that, I almost was like, oh my God, how's Francesca's going to react? <laughs> I don't know if you've gathered, but I'm pretty easygoing. Yeah, pretty easygoing. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah, the python hunting was amazing. 
Um, we got well, one well, Python. Well. well. <laughs> well, well, I mean, go ahead. Tell us what what you really think. Jack. I mean, I thought Python. It was it's a it's a lot of squeeze, but not a lot of juice. Hundred percent in terms of the effort that goes into. Hundred percent, and it is deeply, deeply uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable because as soon as you step foot off the boat, the meager wind that there was, just the mosquitoes and the heat at an acceptable level, just goes, and you are just in a hot box. I I was counting amazing that you were actually hunting pythons as a as an activity yes like you don't actually get to do that very often and the way that we were doing it you know there's two ways to do it one the way that we were doing which is much 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 harder versus the other one which is you're in the back of a truck riding levees and seeing if the you know you catch a python crossing the road or you're looking into the verges where they're hanging out you know not in the water and so one of my board members did that two weeks ago and they caught two pythons the night um the second night doing that yeah i mean it's it it's amazing like the concept would you have preferred that versus doing, what we did i mean from a comfort perspective 100 percent. i mean who wouldn't want to be in an air, air conditioned truck but there is something to be said for the experience of driving around on a boat yeah and jumping on and off island. but also just jumping on an island you have no idea it's pitch freaking dark you have no idea what's on the island well that was that was the scariest part i wasn't so i've had every female friend i have that i've said I'm going python hunting. Immediate reaction, why? And they know what I do. They know that I hunt in general. But it's like a different thing with snakes. People have a thing with sure. snakes. It's a Well, you don't know if you're going to come across a 5-footer or a 16-footer. Yeah, well, and just a lot of people don't even like to look at snakes or nonetheless touch them. Mm-hmm. I've had the people that won't. They'll be like, no, I don't want anything in python leather because that's scary. Oh. This thing is, I feel like I'm like, mouth-breathing. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, But the scariest part, I wasn't scared of any of it until last night when I was walking and, like, you're bent over trying to get through these, it was, like, two feet off the ground, some of these branches. And you can't break them, can't go over them. Yeah, yeah. It's so thick. So I was bent over trying to kind of crawl through underneath a branch. And, like, two feet from my face is a water moccasin. I was like, okay, well, I wasn't afraid, but... Now I am because you can't you can barely see them. They look like the the, the leaves on yeah, the ground. Yeah, like leaves on the ground. Yeah, so the, the, the big triangular head kill you. Yeah, well, it wouldn't kill you. Well, it would just hurt. It me. would increase the discomfort that you were in already. Aren't they quite venomous <laughs> though? Oh no, they're venomous, but they're not deadly. They're not deadly. Okay, well, that's good. You could have told me that last night. But they would have if they had bitten you. You'd be in trouble. Well, yeah, like, it, was, it, was Mike, it was Mike. Like, stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, Where, "Where's that at?" You, I think he's worried, he's worried about the dog. Yeah, yeah. It'd probably kill sure. a dog. It would make it would. No. I wouldn't kill a dog. It would okay. give a dog a bad day too. It it would give you a bad day, bad couple of days. Like I'd have to go to the hospital or no? It's got a cytotoxic venom, so the venom is going to be sort of tissue necrosis type venom. It'll start making your your limbs swell up. You'll have, you know, dead cells, dead skin around the bite site. May transfer up the the limb a little bit. Just like a, like a gnarly scar. Uh, would, yeah, and if you have a bad reaction and your and your skin really swells, then they start doing fasciotomies, like necrotizing fasciitis type. No, look. which is like your muscles are expanding to a point where your skin is going to rip, and so they have to slice oh, like, skin. Like when you have um, compartments, compartments syndrome. Yeah. Correct. That's disgusting. So gnarly. That is disgusting. You were that close to. You were two feet from. Well, that, I was right in my face. Yeah, right in your face. Be so ugly. 
Hmm. He was ugly. But if I got bit in the face by him, then I'd really be a glittery turd. <laughs> More turd than glitter at that point. <laughs> you could make yourself like a leather face patch. I've actually talked to Zach about you making know, an eye patch. Then the resting stitch face thing oh, works. <laughs> we just call you stitch face. Yeah. Oh, no. So where'd the resting stitch face come from? Uh, so Trevor Thompson. He designed, I have a picture the first time I, I taught at an event where I'm holding up needles in front of me. And in the picture, you just see my hands are in focus with the two needles and a, a string, a thread. And in the background is like this giant wave of hair. And you can see my face, but I'm like very like focused. It's, a, it's stitch face, you know. Okay. And so I asked Trevor to basically turn it into a graphic for me. And he sent this awesome graphic and he put stitch it up. And I was like, ah. I love the graphic, but the text isn't quite my personality. Mm -hmm. So I got on Photoshop and I was like, or whatever it is, the program I use, I don't know. You know what would be great for this is resting stitch face. And Zach died when I showed him. Hilarious. Yeah. And then, you know, then came stickers and shirts and. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. People like it. So we chased pythons two nights. Um, great time. Then we decided to chase iguanas. You've never worked with iguana leather, right? No, I haven't. The closest I've worked with is ring lizard, which is a Asian monitor lizard. But did it have the same texture as you? Because you put your hands on, obviously, some iguanas and got some leather out of them. I would say the texture is spot on, but the pattern itself is very different. Okay, the pattern's different. Yeah, so... The texture, though, is really cool because it's actually, they're kind of like little teeny tiny shrunken down alligators, like the scale pattern. Because on the sides, where the, the sides of the belly on an iguana, you know, it's almost um like pebbly. Correct. And in the middle of the belly was more square type shapes. Was it? I thought it was pebbly the entire way across. I felt I like it was pebbly up. all the way. See, I know on the ring lizards, it's square in the center of the belly. There was no squares on the iguana. I feel like the... the a little square. No, I feel like they're very triangular. Yeah, triangular, little like, little triangular uh, pieces. You're, you're all wrong. It was hexagonal. Whatever it they're, was, they're there were lots of small feet. ones. They, were, they, didn't change, they didn't change size. At all? At all. all. Not the at belly all. To, I'm Not at all. I'm going to have to... Okay, so the underside of the belly when we were fleshing them, mm -hmm. which was disgusting, by the way, it smelled. Terrible. Mm. The, I would agree. That was very, that very was just, fishy. That was just Robbie. He had another show. <laughs> None of us had. The underside is when I noticed it. So maybe when you flip the skin, it wasn't noticeable. But when we were fleshing on the fleshing side, I felt like I could notice a differentiation between the side. No, it was definitely not alligator. Alligator had like little, little blocks, obviously, to the bigger blocks. Yeah, yeah. It's not the exact same, but there's, I'll show you. Well, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. I'll show you sometime the skins next to each other. It looks we'll like a chicken. Yeah. We'll figure it out. A little tiny. But the iguana hunting was, Jack, one of the funnest hunts you've ever done? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's a lot of, I said to Francesca, uh, it's a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to go hunt one thing and take one shot. It was just like chaos. Yeah. Iguanas running in every direction, shots being fired. So let's just let's just talk through this because a lot of people are like, okay, what does this look like? It's it it is in suburbia of suburbia. Yeah, it's kind of surreal. You're on canals. One of the canals we were on, arguably five, ten, fifteen million dollar homes. 
one house we drove by, there was a woman in the yard, and she saw a boat, which she would typically always do. She'd raise her hand up and smile and wave, and she did, and we all smiled and waved back. Then her second glance was Francesca on the front of the boat holding a weapon, <laughs> a black gun with a suppressor on the front of it. I was some curly-haired Somali pirate. <laughs> and she did a double take, and right as the double take happened, Jack whipped up his camera and started taking photographs. Not of her. But it was in her direction. It was. There was an iguana between us. And then there was, then, then we, we, we went past their boat that was in their lift dock. And as we went past the boat, she was like craning around the boat to like see what the hell is so going an on. Armed surveillance water vessel. Yeah, exactly. What was the, exactly. Other, uh, what was the other nickname? Iguana killing Sacagawea. But uh, with more sass. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Sassy, sassy Pocahontas. Sassy Pocahontas. Yeah, sassy oh, okay. iguana killing Pocahontas. Here we go. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, challenging at times if the iguanas were quite small and they're moving and the boat is moving and you've got an air gun and you're stood on the front and there's you pressure because you have people watching you. Yeah, yeah. And you can see how, like we heard the day before, people going out and getting two iguanas. Yes, easily. If you don't know how to shoot have never shot before, and you do it, you can see why you could only get two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, incredibly satisfying. I love that he gets people that just want to dive into the water. Yeah, that was so iguanas. That's weird. That took me by surprise. We didn't see many in the water. No, we didn't. They must, have, they must be in the water, like, during the day, during the early, like, dawn, dusk, or something like that. Maybe. Stupid. Yeah, moment. or they get chased into the water like the ones we had. And then they dive in. They dive in after them and grab them and pin their, you know, legs to the yeah. to the tail. When he dove in, it was like the best moment of the trip. He just like, he didn't even, he just tossed his stuff behind him. He just Yard started sale. emptying yes. pockets. Just boom, boom, boom. In pockets, sunglasses, hat. In. Boom. In. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I did not know he did that. So I stood there thinking, he, this guy's like, Mike's Oh, you didn't Mike's, know that he had done that before. I didn't know that was a common thing. So I was like, right, Mike's lost the plot. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just stripping in there. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then he just timed it. I was like, he's not going to, he's not. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Makes sense. Cowboy Mike's just stripping head first. Straight in. And then came up with the iguana. With the iguana. Yeah. And chuffed us all get out. Yeah. And I was like, right, that makes a lot of sense. So that iguana was probably five and a half foot. Yeah. Five, three. How old, how big are you? Five, four. Five, four. So it was just on your height. If I'm like being generous, I'm five, four. Okay. So five, three, five, three. That was how big the, the iguana was. It was good. It was heavy. It was heavy. Heavier than Surprisingly heavy. Yeah. Holding it up at my arm extended. Because you guys are like, oh, hold it up. Take a picture. And I held it up and my arm started shaking and I was like, oh, well, it's been a long day. Yeah. And then my arm shook harder. I was like, okay. But it was a long day. You literally, you had a monster headache. You feel like you got a little bit of sunstroke. Yeah, a bit. It was a hot, hot day. It was like Botswana. It was like Kariba all over again. Same boat, four hours in the middle of the day on water, no shade. Yeah. Well, and you're concentrating to shoot all day because you have to be spot on because if you're not mm. it, it's useless yeah but dude, you guys were snipers man Jack and Lewis and you you killed like a little baby yeah Actually, Francesca was like oh there's a baby oh I want to shoot I want to kill that baby I was like oh my god that was first try too it was very yeah, it was a tiny target 
and you smoked it. <laughs> and you smoked it. Yeah. Well, the the journey is at an end, man. We're two weeks on the road, boys. Mm-hmm. Huh? Seen a lot. Done it a lot. I'm booking a therapy session. You are? Why? Okay, so explain why you think you need a therapy session. No. Joking. All right, uh, give us the highlight of the trip, Lewis. Ooh. Two weeks. Highlight. Been on the, you've been on the road for two weeks, Blood Origins. We grabbed some great stories we've I'll done. Give you, I'll give you a top three. Yeah, give me top three. Yeah. You've got three. Okay, let's yeah, hear it. Yeah, yeah, I think that, um, so the start of the trip, obviously, being able to, to do some stuff with Rich Froning, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I, saying, when we were saying, when we left, how he's very, just like a, Normal guy. Just like a normal, yeah, like, but like a hunter, like a normal hunting guy yeah. who just wants to talk about hunting. Yeah. So it was like, it was weird. You were kind of on the same level as this like mm-hmm. elite mm-hmm. global athlete. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, was it cool to train with him in around him? Come on. Well, I didn't train with him. It would have been cool if we did like a session with him. Oh, like okay, a proper yeah, session yeah. with him where you try and keep up with him. Yeah, yeah. We just, it, he was just like, we're just working out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was just kind of like a normal thing, I think. It was cool being in the gym. The gym is insane. Yeah, the gym is insane. That was, that was like, blows your mind. And you said that big that's that is. the biggest CrossFit gym so, you've seen. 100%, hands down. So where we were training in that little athlete area, that would probably, that would be a that's, normal that's CrossFit bigger than, That's bigger than the gym that Jack goes to. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, different shape. Yeah, different shape, but he's got more kit in there. He's got more kit. Like far more, far more equipment in there. Mm. It's just because obviously Rogue just grow things at him probably. He probably just goes, he probably lies in bed and thinks like, oh, maybe I need a new rack and it turns up at his door tomorrow. <laughs> probably got like tapped into his brain or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then getting an arrowhead from... Uh, oh, Mr. Phil, yeah. Phil Jennings. Yeah. That was I cool. forgot about that. that. Like all of those arrowheads, those indigenous arrowheads, that was, that was really cool. But nothing to do with Blood Origins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at all yeah. whatsoever. Just there was a pit stop in the middle of Georgia yeah, for us awesome. to spend the night so, in a silo, in a grain silo. Yeah, so there's just this like peanut farmer and he just finds these arrowheads when he's farming and he has like, honestly, a whole wall of his lodge and it's just like like arranged arrowheads, like flidnapped arrowheads. How do you find this guy? So he's in, he's, uh, he's got a, a quail hunting duck hunting reserve called Broom Sedge Rod and Gun Club. And it's in just outside Macon, Georgia. That's really And uh, Phil Jennings is the dad. Phil Jennings Jr. is the son. They're farmers. They're peanut farmers. 2,000 acres of peanuts. Um, Sounds like a just, nightmare for they, me. They love, yes, <laughs> yes. We pulled up some peanuts. We were going to get some boiled peanuts. We didn't, we didn't actually get any boiled peanuts. But um, I wonder if you could have... Have you tried like the the nut like out of the ground? Why would I? Why would I put myself? It would be unprocessed. That? It would be just the t- you know. It I don't would know. probably kill me faster. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, Let's get you three. Anyway, they're great, great uh, people. There's uh, obviously doing a lot of place quail, pheasant, um, chucker, and then they also are doing uh, wild duck hunting. Um, on their place and they've got some great impoundments that they're creating with rice and millet and just doing a lot of conservation restoration work on the landscape and so i've never seen it i've been talking to them for quite some time and it was just right along the road essentially down to here so we stopped and 
spent the night. They've got grain silos. He built this lodge, you know, the typical little grain silos that are on a farm. Yeah. So he built a lodge around the grain silos. And so the grain silos he turned, converted into bedrooms. Oh, that's cool. Like there's, there were six bedrooms, like three floors, two on the bottom, two in the middle, two on the top. Um, that's really cool. Very cool. Very cool. Number three, Lewis? Um, was watching a snake get wrangled. Mm. That was pretty cool. When I was faffing around. Yeah, you were mega faffing. Faffing. You could have, you could have just been, you could have been so cool. Was, you could have just been like, yeah, grab it. And you were like shoving it with your foot. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched oh, the no, video no, it's, today. No, it's. Did you watch the video no, today? No, it's facing me. I had some real faffing. And your, you, your hair kept getting in your way. So you had to like it's, move your hair like a, constantly. I, I, like it got to the point where I was like, if if this doesn't bite it, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> it did bite her eventually. It did a little bit on my thumb. Yeah, yeah it reached down and gave you a. You deserve to get bit. Little pin mark. Yeah, it was so unprofessional. Thank you. It was my first time, so. <laughs> and she wasn't doing it for money, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jack, top moment, top three moments. Uh, top moment would be yeah, just getting to know Rich Froning. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, for all the previously mentioned reasons. Second top moment would be... Has, Robbie hasn't really made an ass of himself on this trip once, has he? Like, fallen over or... Oh, no. I nearly stabbed myself last night. <laughs> <laughs> in the dark. Not to save him from falling into the... Foot. Oh, oh, twice. Yeah, three twice. Million three times. times. Three, three times. times. At least four times. I'm stopped Robbie from Come falling on, overboard. Over-exaggerating. Into a canal. Three times. So that was... That's one of One my... by a finger. Oh, like you grabbed my finger. <laughs> and the high-pitched screaming as well. Yeah. yeah. And the profuse thanks. It got embarrassing in the end, but never mind. <laughs> Um, and number three would be, yeah, they got, uh, I'd say actually rescuing you was probably number three. Froning two, shooting iguanas was, no, froning one, shooting iguanas was two. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Giving, no, I exchanged, no, no, I exchanged the You're camera. Welcome. I exchanged the camera. Here, Jack, take the gun. Let's shoot some iguanas. I did enjoy shooting iguanas. Yeah. It was very fun. Um, we'll yeah, it's been a very, it's been a very varied trip. I will say the, um. The biggest compliment we received on this trip, compliment to you two, was from Sammy on Mike Kimmel's driver on the pipe hunting. And he's like, where'd you find these guys, Robbie? Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys can hang or you aren't complaining. I guess they, they just get obviously a bunch of film crews out and they just bitch and complain about how the, thick, how it, thick is. it is and yeah. cameras and, and whatnot. And so big kudos to you two. I was actually telling Zach about that. Like... I don't know how you guys got through the brush with cameras because Mike's not like a huge guy and I'm not very big and it was hard to navigate. I can't imagine being bigger than this and with a camera. I literally, I laid in bed last night and I was like, that's terrible. Didn't you, didn't you hear the amount of swearing? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was scraping the barrel trying to find, trying yeah. to just invent new swear words. There was, um, what were we doing, Lewis? You asked me to say something. It was last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we were just talking, and all of a sudden, you just hear in the background, Jack, going, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, is the, it's is painful. The you're getting whipped. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're expecting to be whipped from this direction, and then it hits you in the other side of the face. Yeah, I got turned around on, on the island that, 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 that Jack cussed on yesterday. 
And literally, Mike was right there. Yeah, <laughs> literally every eye. Every yeah. eye. Yeah. But Mike was right there. And I was like, oh, I'll just like Mercer over here and check this out. And literally got turned around 360. Had water on the left. I was like, okay, the boat's on the right. Walked to the right. There was water. I was like, no, 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 no. This is good. Then I went, hey. And I hear Lewis go, hey, <laughs> where are you? Come to me. Can you see my light? I was like, nope. I cannot see your light. That's how thick it was. Couldn't see anything. Couldn't see nothing. You couldn't see my light. I had a freaking big old eye beam torch on. It's amazing how Mike navigates those islands. Because I, I was like, you guys, when in that sawgrass, you can't see anything. And I saw Mike heading away from me. And I was like, oh, nope. I am on him like glue. Because if I am not your, good with directions. You, your little, your littleness would have got lost. <laughs> I know. So I was following Mike and I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick directly behind him. No problem. I'm good. And it backfired because he went through a tree and he like bent the branch and then it snapped back after it and smacked me directly in the face so hard. And that's when I almost got lost because I was recovering. And I looked up and I was like, oh my God, where did Mike go? Mm. And he had turned a corner. Thankfully, I mean, I found him. I'm here, but. I got I was whipped. scared. I got whipped in the eye by like a branch just from Robbie flicking it back. It's like straight in my eye. Oh, pain. Even the trees knew you were back sassing. Hurts so much. What, still? It did hurt all night last night, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, it really hurt. Yeah, it did. Lewis, you've done pretty good this trip. We didn't get a hangry Lewis. At all, it's crazy when thing. called the car was snacked. Yeah, snacks I had snacks in, every, in the vehicle all the time. No, that's right. Froning's, no, Froning's Matt, eyes. Matt gave us snacks. Matt gave us like a whole bloody box. Yeah, he was, he was covering farms. But yeah. if we didn't have that, I would have. I bought. How many snacks did I buy in coming to you? Yeah. I went that morning and I was like, here's a box of full on snacks for the vehicle. You eat weird stuff. You do. Dude, I just you was salt and vinegar almonds. That's amazing. I've never even heard of that. Oh, they're right over there. You can try. I will some. absolutely they're try those. Smokehouse some almonds, amazing. Jack was being—he was Make trying to ration of peanuts. This is made. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Jack, I remember I would we would be driving down here, and the way that I like, I'll have like I'll take a, a handful of almonds, like five, six, seven, and I'll just smash them. And then I won't eat them, eat for 20, 25 minutes. And then I'll have another big can. Irrational. No water with them? That's a thing. No, no, no. Jack will take one almond. Yeah. Put it in his mouth. Yeah. And he'll suck on that almond. Nope. For five, six, seven minutes. You're you're making me sound like a. (laughs) Because it is slow. That's how long it takes, huh? Yeah, no, he's trained himself to, like, suck for five minutes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like it. <laughs> oh my God. There's a sound bite for this one. So I need to, I feel like I need to defend myself at this point. Go ahead, Jack. Just leave it be, Jack. Just let it, just own it. Just, just own it. it. Just Listen, it Robbie, so Robbie eats like a psychopath. I might eat like a psychopath. But the idea that on a no, long you eat road. Like a pervert. On a, I eat like a pervert. Robbie eats like a psychopath. On a 10 hour drive, you go, hmm. Like, what's the purpose of a snack? On a on a on Keeps a drive. Busy. Keeps you busy, precisely. Shoveling five or six almonds into your mouth, chewing them as fast as you can, <laughs> and swallowing them, and then sitting there in silence for another thirty minutes makes no. just as little sense it does. as admittedly putting one almond in your mouth and no, making the most of that one almond. 
Because then... You know, like how he... Wait, wait. You like how he... But Armand doesn't even have there. to pay for it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like... But here's the thing about eating a handful of almonds at once and with no water, presumably. That sounds like a bag of chalk. Almonds are the driest. No, no, no. These ones oh, these are, are good. quite moist. These up. ones are good. Yeah. I only put moist things in my mouth. But no. <laughs> so anyway, but I, I eat almonds the same way as I eat rice pudding. Oh. Yeah, it's exactly. Double it away. Practically, you practically you undo the little, you take it out of the fridge, you make a big fuss about it for about five minutes before you even do that. And then you take the lid off and you, <laughs> you, you, in, seal, like you seal your mouth up to the thing and you just go... <laughs> And that's it, it's gone. No, I use spoon <laughs> and I slowly scrape layer after layer after layer. It just may happen in 60 seconds. Layer after layer after yeah. layer. You said, I saw you do it with the fridge door open yesterday. <laughs> the fridge hadn't even dropped one degree and you were like, oh, need another rice pudding. It's like, right, why not? Have you seen the flash? <laughs> that's yeah, it. Basically, rice pudding. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen anyone with the rice pudding that Robbie does. Yeah, I do have my things that I like and. That's it. Rice pudding being one of them. Salt and vinegar almonds being another. And I kept asking, where are the salt and vinegar almonds? And Lewis was like, you've eaten them all. <laughs> which, which? And I said, no. It's entirely reasonable assumption. It is. It is. But I knew I hadn't. Yeah. And I knew they were in the box right next to Lewis. And now on the last day of the trip, we emptied the car. We did not find your hat. So really? who knows where your hat is? Are you sure it's not the hat that you picked out at the top of that box? No, that's mine. Uh, it has teat on leather on it. Yeah, it's a big mountain. It's our yep. logo. Yep. And no, we did not find your hat. And I found the salt and vinegar almonds. Uh, is this the almonds that I've taken in and out of the same cup holder like nine? No, those are the smokehouse ones. Those, are, those yeah. are gross. The barbecue like smoky. Yeah, did you try them? Horrendous. They're actually oh, magic. They're actually really, really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. I will say what I enjoyed about this trip is just from a Blood Origins perspective, knowing that this trip has, is the beginning of a next like level to Blood Origins in that we've, we've been here interviewing two really, really big names, mm. Rich Ronan in a mainstream community that really is not a non-hunting community, which is huge for us um, and, you know, gets us, gets us credibility in that CrossFit space now that we can go after other big names in the CrossFit space. Well, it wasn't just Rich, was it? It was um, Bailey. Bailey and Paige. Bailey Ray, uh, Rail, now Christabel, and uh, Paige Powers. Yeah, both of them did little interviews with us with, as non-hunters who say we have no problems with hunting. Paige Powers came 10th in the CrossFit Games for women this year. She's a beast. Cry throw me like a javelin. <laughs> Jack, hmm? out of 10, how far would she throw Francesca like a javelin? Like if I just like this, like dove, right? Right. Give her a good grip. I actually get you a good te- like two meters. Two meters. Really? Definitely. Um, For sure. Need a padded room so we can try. How, hang on. I get eviscerated for sucking on an almond for six minutes, but having a padded room with Paige Powers is all right. Okay. First off. I don't know who this person is, but I feel the need to look her up. Oh, God. What have I done? No, Paige is awesome. Paige is, but she's a beast. She's a CrossFit beast. Um, And then Mike Kimmel, obviously. Mike Kimmel's Python Cowboy, very well-known, 
literally two weeks before we came down here was on Joe Rogan. That's pretty well. Um, and we, he was, he was all in to do a Blood Origins episode, all in. And then the biggest sustainable use piece, obviously, with Francesca, and leather and hunting and management and utilization. They're just big stories. Like we've been talking about, we've been talking about the 1080 story. We've been talking about the wild horse story in Nevada. We've been talking about these much bigger pieces. And I think the sustainable use piece, I think we should think bigger. I think we, we should say, okay, we've captured the first couple of bits. Now what's next? What I thought was interesting about Mike is he's new to the mainstream. Like I didn't know about him. I didn't know about him until mm -hmm. this. Like it, to most people, he's, new on the scene and someone like that getting picked up by Joe Rogan and blowing up in that sense it's really nice to see someone as genuine and the right type of person being blown up into super genuine guy. right yeah really nice guy again someone who has 360,000 people following him on, on Instagram or more I think he's like 380 no I think yeah. he's 352 or something I guess last time I saw oh. um, but that's the right but, direction yeah super the right person super genuine Super interested in what we were doing. Um, and genuine is, I, I can't think of a better descriptor than genuine. Yeah, I was actually very impressed with just how well educated he was on the actual issues with conservation yeah. and, and the invasive species and their effects on the environment. Like, we were walking through the islands. Anything I pointed at and said, what is that? I'm very inquisitive. Like, mm -hmm. if I see something, I want to know what it is. If I can eat it, I want to eat it. Like, Sammy was the same way, though. Yeah, everything he and his team saw, they had, they were well educated on. Yeah, it's, they were Bushmen. They were essentially, as he said, gladesmen. Well, well, that yeah, you, the, you can look system. at them and you can look at his Instagram and be like, oh, yeah, this like redneck is out there jumping in the water. He's crazy. And yeah, I guess he is crazy, but it's like a good crazy. He's out there. He knows what he's doing. He's not just going wild and taking people out to hunt animals. Like, he actually, that's his life. That's really cool. Yeah. No, it was cool. And that's, you know, I just, again, I enjoy these bigger stories now, us getting a bigger footprint, um, just making better relationships. And who knows what happens, you know, from, you know, as we said, we talked about the iguana leather, the python leather, the alligator leather all coming together with you to do some really cool pieces over the next 12 months yeah. that we'd like to auction off. Um, you know, the iguana and python pieces specifically, sort of 50-50 between Mike and I in terms of his nonprofit. He's got a Veterans for Conservation nonprofit and, and Blood Origins, which would be cool. And that'll sort of, you know, bring Mike closer, keep him engaged, and, uh, you know, fulfill the things that he's definitely interested in, which is conservation, benefiting the land, and then obviously helping the veterans in his, in his nonprofit. Yeah. No, it was really cool connecting with him. I'm looking forward to using a lot of that iguana. I think it's, it's going to be mm -hmm. fantastic. What's the first thing you'll make? Oh, I've been thinking about that. So I think, I think at this point, I'm going to make a pair of shoes where I do either the, I haven't decided if I'm going to do like, like Vans style. Like where the tongue is iguana, yeah. and I think I'll do the sides. I don't know if I'll do the full thing in iguana, or if I'll do like python and iguana because we, you know, we hunted both. But I think shoes will be the first thing, and then I want to do like a series of wallets. That'd be bad. Yeah, like you series know the, of wallets wallet and series. Yeah, yeah, exactly the, that, that one. That pocket wallet, yeah. And a series of watch straps. Iguana would be a cool watch strap. My new watch. 
You didn't buy it. I still might. <laughs> the 45th watch of the trip. If anybody, by the way, if anybody out there has any questions about watches, dimensions of watches, years of watches, colors of watches, watch brands over other watch brands, the aficionados of watches, Hoslots Media, <laughs> Lewis Thomas and Jack Bottoms, reach out, ask them, is this a good watch? Is that a bad watch? And just be fair warned. You'd get an essay back. And we'll just tell you to buy it anyway. Multiple comparisons. We are enablers. If I may, I did ask them to find me a... They found one You found one this morning for you. Was it rose gold? It's already sold, I'm afraid. You didn't even show me a picture. No, because it sold before I could show you a picture. Okay, well, you, you could still show me the picture. Also, your description was, I'm, you didn't say it like this, but you're like, I'm heavy-handed. And so it needs to be tough. And a vintage watch from 1943 is not going to stand up to I daily wear. They have the hands of an 18th century plow driver, but that I is... I think you have the hands of the cart horse. <laughs> <laughs> See. Also, you know can, we, can we just out Francesca for her dietary... Her dietary... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Lewis. Yeah, what was... What's the problem? Uh, okay. Let's go around the room. First, let's go around the room. Best meal of the trip. I'll start of the whole trip. Oxtail from the Jamaican restaurant. Jack. No, my best culinary experience was... Sucking an almond. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just an everyday thing. What about the alligator cheek? It was nice. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said it was my highlight. I think um, having, those, having those, um, those chips, trying them with Chick-fil-A sauce for the first time. Ooh, waffle fries, waffle a Chick-fil-A fries. with Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, that was a, that was a taste sensation. Welcome to America, Jack. Yep. I appreciate Lewis. the freedom. I can't say I enjoyed anything I ate this trip. <laughs> Not a single thing. I don't. I mean, yaffled those Reese's Pieces pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I found a stash of like... Yeah, in the car with I windows like, closed. I don't like American food. You were like, oh, you have to try this Chick-fil-A sandwich. And essentially what I got was breaded chicken inside soggy bread. Actually, and if I like, may back him up, American food's really bad. It sucked. Chick-fil-A. But you had a great public, public sandwich, public experience, building a sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That took three working days to, get to arrive <laughs> while we were standing there. Are you talking about the delightful? So basically you went. <laughs> no, we're not so, talking about it. So, so funny. We, we went into Publix and Robbie's like, oh, can I have a, I'm going to get a. Chicken salad. Chicken salad sub. You yeah. guys choose what you want. It's a terrible right? sandwich, Robbie but okay. walked around the whole of Publix, pretty much, before we'd even got our sandwiches. Because he had his off, like, the menu. It was, like, chicken salad or something. And she yeah. was like, oh, just go behind yourself and pick the, pick the type off the, uh, out of the fridge. Dumped it. And then just dumped it in, and that was it. I was like, oh, I don't want that. I, I want something yeah. that's sliced. So she, I was like, can I have the salami sub? She's like... <laughs> I've got to cut salami. I bet. Okay. She's <laughs> looking at me like, right, cool. Shuffles off to go and cut salami. And then she's like, go on. Comes and back. Comes back. She's like, like seven hours later, comes back. But my like left leg's gone dead. I'm standing on one leg. Or something, you know. And she's like, oh, do you want any cheese? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll have some cheddar, please. She's like, I've got to cut the cheddar. Do you want to, cho- do you want to choose something else? <laughs> I was like, I'll tell you what. You choose what cheese I have. I'll go with whatever you put in. And then, and then I had to choose some salads quickly. And I was like, yep, yeah, that's it. We're done. And then like four hours later, 
it arrived on the on the counter. And, right. I, was, and I looked at Jack and I was like, good luck. <laughs> okay, so you did not have a culinary delight this trip. American food sucks. Okay, I get it. I yeah. get it. Not even the tapioca pudding that I bought you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you did you see Robbie's face when you, I grabbed his rice pudding and he looked like someone had poked him in the heart? Anyway, so do you want to tell everyone what we know Francesca's answer is going to be, Lewis? Sounds good. Francesca? Yes. Cowfoot. Which is, yeah, twice. Robbie just held it two I'm going to have it again in the morning. Now, hang on. Okay, I'm all for, I'm all for experiencing new culinary. Clearly. Uh, niches and everything, and it's Jamaican, and it's and the Jamaican food was really good. But having it for breakfast is where I draw the line. Okay, right. yeah. if you had tried it when I was having it for dinner, you would have a leg to stand on in this discussion, or a hoof to stand. <laughs> Four, but you didn't even try it. So how? Uh, maybe it was so good it would have compelled you to eat it the next morning. You couldn't wait to wake up to heat up some hoof. I was repulsed. That you were eating cow foot, right? Before I'd even seen what cow foot looked like. It looks like a cow foot. And then I saw it and it was awful. It's like it's like a yellow. That's how you really feel. It's like a yellow. It's like a big toner. Big gelatinous jellified piece of just You're making me hungry. It just looks like grist. It's so good. You're making me hungry. It's it's awful. No, it's so good. It's what flavorful. Gonna, what are you gonna eat? For, what are you, so you're gonna have it for for, for breakfast tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm what are you gonna eat for lunch? Airport. Pig's nose. No. no, I'm gonna bring it to the airport and eat it cold. You eat donkey skin. No, 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 no. That's worse than breakfast. That's worse than having it for breakfast. Cold in an airport. Congealed hoof in an airport. Yeah, it might be. I'll... I hope they put you away for domestic terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> It was genuinely so good. I wish you would try it just so you know how wrong you are. Well, we're going out to dinner tonight, so you may be lucky and Francesca twists your arm and, you know? Yeah, well, I say in a restaurant and Francesca will be like, what's the weirdest thing you have on the menu, please? (laughs) Cucumber and tomato salad. That's very normal. Sounds delightful. Well, let's get out of here. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to get some dinner. Francesca, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll have to have you on again. Boys, see you later. When next will you round up? Maybe next year, right? Next year. Yeah, Nashville, probably. Maybe. Maybe. But Jack, off to Kazakhstan tomorrow. Yeah. Good luck. Safe travels. Thank you. Peaky Blinders on the plane all the way there. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Although it's Emirates, so I might have... Oh, there'll be some good stuff. There might be some good things. To and Lewis, back to... Back to London, yeah. But I'm, willing to, I'm willing to bet that Virgin have not changed their... Their, their movies. movies. They have not updated them at all, I reckon. You'll find something. No. <laughs> Watch something again. How many flights have we been on with Virgin now since... So, June, we flew to Botswana. Yep. So, there and back. Yep. So, that was in, that was in June. It's now September. Mm-hmm. And we've flown here. And the, and the movies like were the same. Like six flights. Yeah. So and the movies were the same. Yeah. So we've done like four or five flights. Delta puts a bunch of new uh, new movies. Yeah, all Delta, the time. Delta Delta has extra stuff. What am I doing? But yeah.
Anyway, yeah, cool. All right, boys. Thank you. Thank you, Francesca. Adios. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.